This is actor, musician, author Scott Schiaffo, known from the films Clerks, Vulgar, Linger, Idiots Are Us, and a myriad of other gack. Want to say, hey, keep rocking it on Always Bet on Geek. everybody and welcome to always bet on geek what up people how y'all doing this is marshall squishing us inc on twitter and all the other various places on social media welcome to another fucking excellent episode of always bet on geek i'm your host marshall we will be we'll talk about that in a second over to my north south east or west whichever I guess that's my cue. Hey guys, this is your friendly neighborhood co-host Pat down here in the capital city of the Magnolia State. And from me to you, welcome to yet another episode of Always Bet on Geek. And as always, number three, Uno Dos Tres is... Hey y'all, this is Ryan aka Mystic Mojo. Thank you so much for joining us, man. This is going to be fun. We're going to do something a little bit different today, um, but we're glad that you're here. Thank you again for being here with us. Yeah, um, this is going to be different, Mike. I'm excited, though. I think we can pull it off, but I guess we'll see if it all works out in the edit. Marshall, go ahead and tell them what we're about to do. We are about to run an audio. audio. We are about to run a video. Fuck. We're about audio. To, we're about to try commentary for episode <laughs> one of Umbrella Academy. Because we all love this show so much, and there ain't no way we're going to sit down and podcast for 10 hours, because then that would turn into 12 hours, because we got to talk and run our mouths. So, one episode at a time. This will be a 10-part miniseries. Welcome to your doom. And like with all, and typically what you could probably expect is we may take an interlude in between this 10-part epic to oh, do yeah. other episodes. I hope so. But we are going to do the entire season of the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. If you have Netflix, take the time to watch the show and if you do, after you watch it, after you watch it, come back and listen to our commentary. Yep. Uh, Right, you want to add anything before we try to give this a go? No, this is an exciting subject because I like that this is an original uh, story concept and original world so really even if you don't have much information about other type of comic genres or maybe even comic genres were never really your thing this story is so good it's worth checking out and you're not necessarily going to have to be tied down to some preconceived notion of what the universe is about with the 
any some kind of preconceived notion of what the universe is about this is just an original story told in an original universe that you can get 100 percent involved and uh immersed in it's gonna be fun you know that's a good point right because like i've been i mean i've i've been in into comics since before i knew how to read like i told the story i would look at the panels and make up my own words that they were saying to each other so i keep forgetting you don't come from that world so i guess so like you said did that make this more appealing because you felt like you didn't need to know like a entire backstory of like the mcu or the dc verse or whatnot i'm not sure maybe maybe it was just a little less intimidating maybe it was just more open to the novice uh you know audience member i'm not sure but it was just kind of nice that as soon as i started watching it and within about 10 minutes i realized okay i don't need to know anything about what's going on already i'm not expected to know certain connotations or certain uh subtext about who's in relationships or what's been going on in the background or anything we are all thrown right into the middle of the story and we all know the same amount of stuff so because of that it gave me a sense of being able to feel like this could be my kind of comic like this could be my story that i've learned and discovered and that was a good feeling that's intriguing i never would i never would have considered that that's a that's an intriguing take so did you read this book, Pat? I didn't even know this book existed. <laughs> I had heard about it, but I just because, you know, Gerard Way is the main creator of it and he's the uh, uh he's the singer for My Chemical Romance. Yes. And I don't really care for them, so I heard about him, heard about it and was like, "Yeah, Gerard Way." Blah. Which is an unpopular decision and the unpopular thing to say, I should say, because that band apparently is large. I really like chemical, um, my chemical romance, actually, uh, but I did not know that uh, Gerard Wade was involved with this. Yeah, he's like the creator of this comic book. Interesting. That puts no, um, a he's been on it. No, he's actually gotten really heavy into the comic book world. He's he's doing a lot of stuff for DC at the moment. Like he's all in. Like he's not like the one of these quick hit and run types. He's loved comics all of his life. Oh yeah, he's got and, his he's got the geek cred for sure. Yeah. Fuck. Are y'all still there? Yeah. Yeah. But okay, um let's see. Developed by Steve Blackman and Jeremy Slater for Netflix. Adaptation of a comic book series of the same name created by Gerard Way and Gabrielle Ba. Ba. Published Who's Gabrielle Ba? Published he's actually by Dark Horse. A, yeah, he's really a very accomplished artist in the comic book field. Like, this makes me want to check out the comic, but like, I'm so in love with this cast, and I know the comic book will be slightly different. I don't know if I want right. to. Yeah, I've heard there's somebody at work that's either read the book or watched YouTube or something, and he's explained a few things how things are different, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I don't want to know. Fair enough. All right, y'all ready to begin, gents? Um, yes, right quick. Um, to add in to what Marsh was saying, um, this series had one, two, three, four, five directors, Andrew Bernstein, Peter Hoare, Ellen Carras, I believe, 
Stephen Surjink, S-U-R-J-I-K, and Jeremy Webb. Um, each of these directors directed two episodes of this 10-episode season. Who did the first so, episode? I don't know. I'm not on that page on IMDb. I see. And the main cast is Ellen Page, Tom Hopper, David Castellano, Emma Raver Naban. This is a horrible failure. Um, Robert Sheehan, ADA Gallagher, Aiden. Aiden, thank you. Aiden Gallagher, the wonderful Mary J. Bly. I don't think she's in this first Cameron episode. Britton. I guess we'll find out. Um, anyway, um, I figure we should give those folks a shout out because they helped make a pretty kick-ass series. And as soon as you just are ready, uh, we'll hit play. Ready to go. All right, um, I will count down for three, and then I'll clap, and then after the clap, we'll hit play. Y'all sit right? Yep. Marsh? Mm-hmm. All right, guys, um, if you're trying to play along, um, after you hear me clap, hit play on your device of choice, and enjoy the Always Better on Geek commentary of the Umbrella Academy. Three, two, one. Okay, so do we record at the clap or one second after the clap? Are you kidding? Because I've already hit play. I've hit play, uh, too. I, I, Hashtag okay. Graveyard Shade. No, I wasn't fucking with you. I was being serious. Always bet but on geek. I am our recording as well. Because you said three, two, one, clap, record. Not three, so, two, one, record. So currently we are now in Russia in the year of our lore, October the 1st, 1989. And apparently... Russians back in 1989 did a lot of water aerobics. Poo, yeah, poo <laughs> aerobics. This is actually a really cute moment right here. Oh yeah, love that Russian booty. <laughs> cute. I noticed that they have a reoccurring theme of the Russian music through several of the early episodes and I'm, cu I'm curious whether or not there is oh no oh right there right there have y'all ever when y'all were young and trying to figure it out did y'all ever try to go in for a kiss and like <laughs> it, it didn't work out <laughs> uh i thought every kiss that that's how it was supposed to be when i was young yeah not me i I, I fucking here, it took me a long time to get here, my kiss. And here is the twist where you know things aren't normal when a young girl hops into a pool and now there is a cloud of blood and she comes out and she is pregnant. <laughs> yeah. That baby looks like it's fighting pretty hard to get out. Y yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of aliens. Yeah, it's a little disturbing. But at least with Aelid, you knew that they were impregnated. You saw the face hugger on them. This girl just hopped in a pool. <laughs> Young woman wails. I love these subtitles. Panting. 
baby crying in this in discreet chatter in Russian <laughs> on the 12th hour of the first day of October 89 43 women around the world gave birth this was that's man you know uh that exact date was the day that Brie Larson was born yes I saw that as well So what was this guy's name again? His name was Sir Reginald Hargreaves. Hargrave, right. He got seven of them out of 43. That sounds like a lot of story to be told. Picture book by the Kings player. Picture yourself when you're getting old. I'm just not sure how I even feel about this to begin with because it's like this billionaire shows up and is like, I want to buy your babies. <laughs> no? Okay. But, I'll go to the next one. <laughs> this well, is that's the man why with he, a plan. Oh, yeah. And that's why he That's why he only got seven today. No more flashbacks. It is now... What year is this taking place in the show because they have some stuff that doesn't fit with our world but anyway well it began in what 1958 is that what it happened 1989 so all of these people are probably about 27 or they never use one. They're actually on pay phones the majority no, of the time. they have cell phones. They have cell phones. The cop, but, the direct, uh, the detective she ends up calling. Fair enough. I just don't see our main characters ever pick up a cell phone. I do like how this opening of The Modern Day is filmed to the Phantom of the Opera being played on violin by one of the main characters, Banya. And now we're on the moon. Number one, Luther. Yeah, I was like, this dude is fucking huge. It explains <laughs> it later in the series, but I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? Why the fuck is he on the moon? Right? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and now we're in a home evasion. Which, right. This seems pretty organized. This is like three or four people coming in to actually rob. This is this is a professional group. Number just... two, Diego. Who was the only one still trying to be a hero. That's true. Everybody else has moved on with their lives. Yep. But I guess... A childhood of fighting crime and being somebody else's puppet would maybe do that to you. Number three, Allison. Is she a she's a movie star, right? Yes, she's some type of celebrity. Or a TV she, star. Uh, yeah, a movie star. Plus, you know, she's still famous from her time in the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Academy. Yeah, yeah, because this is like. 
X-Men with a dark twist. X-Men with a mix of uh, the Doom Patrol. Number four, Klaus, who is the I like Klaus of the internet. <laughs> I, think, I think Klaus is my favorite, too. He's everyone's favorite. <laughs> Actually, I like, well, we haven't gotten to it yet, but I like someone they haven't shown yet. My favorite is Vanya, but I've always had a thing for Ellen Page. Yeah, I hit her up on Twitter like as soon as I finished the last episode and just said Umbrella Academy Bravo. And she liked the tweet and the official Umbrella Academy Twitter liked the tweet. Can you imagine how their lives must have been all these years being childhood superheroes and now one's on the moon? One's a street-level vigilante, one's a famous movie star, and one is... Uh, here we go. The next twist. The call to action. You mean, and one's an ordinary violin player? Not even third chair, I think, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Well, she was still on I, the symphony seat. It's not like she was... Right. That's slouch. true. I mean, she wasn't... Yeah. She was better than probably a lot of people, unfortunately, in the world that would rather have her position, but... Nobody remembers the second best, though. Exactly. Breaking news story. And those people that he rescued, they know who he is. Yes, he's famous. I mean, they're all famous. Right. She's like, what? What are you talking about? What a horrible way to hear that you're... Right. I was wondering if she gets really pissed at her publicist and she's like, you mean to tell me I learned about my father dying from the random poppy of Razzi before you guys? What do I pay you for? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, her dad just died, so all this is just happening. So, hey, Claus still doesn't mean she doesn't have to fire her. Drug deal. Claus have an OD. <laughs> Claus waking up in the back of an ambulance. <laughs> Yeah, I must have missed that the first time I saw this. I thought he had written that on his hand, the goodbye in pen. Right. No, it's tattoos. Mm -hmm. It is tattoos. He's got a hello and a goodbye. About Claus. Yep. Claus learning about his father dying too, along with all of his siblings. Adopted siblings. Still siblings. I really, I really do love this opening. I think it's really wonderful with the violin and whatnot. She's all alone playing. She must be pretty good or influential or something. Otherwise, they wouldn't have just let her play by herself number, in there. Number seven, Vanya. Well, actually, no. Once you're a part of the symphony, you have access to the the building. So, And now here... Here she is on the street corner, also learning the news that her father is dead. Oh, sorry. <coughs> I, I'm tending to find myself just wanting oh, to watch this. Oh, I just reason. noticed that. Like, the the rain on the glass makes the symbol of an umbrella with the rain. I just now saw that. Oh, That's I did like, not yeah, see I that. I didn't notice That's that cool. either. 
Yeah, at the beginning of every episode, there's some kind of clever way to pull an umbrella out that says Umbrella Academy. But it hasn't happened yet. That was just them being clever with the rain before they start that stick. Oh. Yeah, I've only seen this the one time. Well, they do have every episode except for this one starts off within the opening intro of some type of way that they integrate the Umbrella Academy icon into the scene. Yep. So that was the first time for that one, and I just never realized it. So that, I'll have to go back and check that out later. I love how they did their eye mask for the kids back, back when they were actual superheroes. And how... Oh. This scene when they're doing when they're doing the painting and you see how they lose members. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to show time passing and tell the story. Set yeah, and the, the fact premise. that they have and they always they look older. People. So the yeah. memoriam statue was that number four. Yeah, I think that that was for being number four. Okay, and I know that the painting was of number five. They don't really get into yep. five on this episode i don't think but nope not to the end so the umbrella academy created for tv by steve blackman peter whore okay directed by peter whore yeah did that just show up on your screen yeah i'm a few seconds behind you Oh, their mom, who was... So how long did it take for y'all to figure out that she wasn't, like, a real person? About uh, this scene right here, <laughs> when she looked like a doll from the 1950s. Yeah, it didn't take me very long. I think as soon as we actually get to interact with her, you can tell. These two really play awkward siblings. Oh, and you learn that she that she's done something that they that they're all mad mad about, but we don't know what yet. Yeah, she's definitely the black sheep. I cannot wait until we get to the other episodes, man. <laughs> I'm seeing all, all this now going, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. It's definitely interesting going back and rewatching it after you've seen the whole thing. There's Luther number one, and there's Diego number two in the father's room now. So we just learned that there was no forced entry, no signs of struggle, and there's nothing out of the ordinary when Luther was trying to figure out what happened to his father, but now that he's back from the moon. And apparently Luther and Diego don't get along <laughs> as everybody else in this family. He's even surprised to see that uh, number one is so humongous. Yeah, he actually looks very inhuman. Well, he I guess technically he is, but 
it took a while to figure that out exactly what was going on. I find it interesting that on the moon, Luther's beard is very gray, very old, and yet here, his stubble is youthful. I hadn't noticed that he was gray on the moon. Yeah, I wonder if it's just a condition of being exposed to solar radiation or just something they just did for effects. Did they explain? Here's where we did they explain that. how they don't like the how they? Uh, yeah, they all hate that dude. Did they explain how he got that giant scar on his face? They have not. Okay. I guess we're to assume it was on some mission back in the day. Oh yeah, that's what. And, this house is awesome. And at this moment, Luther still likes their father. He may have issues, but he's still at this moment respecting them. Oh, he's the only one that stayed. Here's where we learn how how famous they were when they were the Umbrella Academy. Magazine covers, comic books, all about them. And here's her book. Extraordinary. My Life as Number Seven. And this is where the show almost lost me. Right off the bat. Why is that? Pogo. Oh. <laughs> so a uh, talking chimpanzee that's what almost did it for you at first <laughs> yeah i looked at i'm like what the fuck because this is you know because they throw <laughs> you into it you don't you're not really explained anything this, right all these okay they're super group or whatever this and this and now they're grown up and they're split apart and now there's a fucking talking chimpanzee what the f- <laughs> what he's walking Can around he's got a cane he sounds, he's all fucking prim and proper and shit like it's uh, funny because when pogo was introduced was the first time i actually got interested yeah because me too i was up like until a now chip is it was obviously just a depressing <laughs> fucking world why would i want to learn anything more about this but as soon as i saw him it made me realize oh this story might be told kind of as an homage to the style that doc savage was written in oh nice yeah the old old school kind of Pulp hero. Exactly. And here we learn that number five is missing, but they have no idea what happened to him and how Bunya always left throwing a snack in a life room in case he came back. And it makes me wonder why was she putting it that he would be stepping on the sandwiches? But it doesn't matter. In the floor by the front door, maybe? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's a chimpanzee. Maybe he was he was on the window. I don't That's know. That's true. Man. You're right. You're right. She kept putting it in the, in right. the who am I to assume in, in front of the front? He walks on the ground in front of the front door of his monkey cage. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, you so, know he probably kept him in a cage. I mean, the way he treated his own kids, you know. He might be right. I, Actually, we learned that he he treated Pogo and Mother the best out of all of them. Because they were literally his creations. That's true. True. These oh, children I, actually. Hey, Rod. Rod, good point, man. That's a good point. Here we see there's we're currently right now in a flashback of Allison's about how cold their dad was and how he wouldn't even say 
good night to him. It was time for bed. He wouldn't even wouldn't look even up. Look up that yeah. is, that's fucked up. And these kids are like in their, what, 10, 11, 12 at this point. So Probably this is close been, to 14, This has been their 15, whole life. Yeah. Yeah. But they all love Mother and they all love Pogo, but they could not stand their dad. And we learned why throughout the episode in the series. Now, his claws. Everybody's favorite is trying to find money and their dad found the study. <laughs> this is actually a scene I really like cinematography wise, like real quick junkie. if you look. Look how pale Kloss is compared to, to Allison. Um, Allison. Yeah. And and not just because of their ethnicity, but like he almost has a bluishness to it that the lighting from the window is accentuating. And although the blue is touching her, Allison is noticeably healthy and vibrant. Yeah, where Kloss is so yes, and Kloss yeah. from his lighting and his paleness is seems so close to death. And to be fair, he had just died. He had an OD, but he found yep. out his father died and he was brought back. So he's, but but it tells a lot about, about him and his right. story. Just that about and what he's been more, through. Right, and his powers, as you will learn in the series, right, exactly. has a lot to do with death. So it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's all yeah. well done, right? Yeah, it's all the small little. And here we learn that Luther, while he has his issues, still respects his father. And there's a look from Allison towards Luther where you, you kind of figure out that they aren't actually real brothers and sisters. <laughs> I'll put it like that. <laughs> Come on, Klaus. Stop being a junkie, man. Put the shit back. This scene is so important. Yeah. Because you because you learn later that this scene is what stars Sets the domino effect. Right. <laughs> this is so important right here. Oh, Which man. is funny because when I saw it later as a tried and true lifelong uh, player in games. any type of role play <laughs> games, as soon as I saw that, I went, dude, you <laughs> fucking idiot. But we'll get to that in just a few more minutes. What's funny is I've read comics all my life but i never clued on that that was important i thought it was just wow. trying to show that oh. i thought it was just trying to show that he is still a super junkie and i thought that's that was funny that march and i both picked up on that instantly <laughs> yeah no. i would have thought you would have too pat no man there's so many <laughs> it, foreshadowings and little hidden clues they wouldn't they wouldn't have actually panned in on the book i i know i know but i think it's because like i was I was anxious to get back to what's, what that look was between Luther and Allison. So I thought the scene with Claus being the junkie was just a scene to, to get through. To, I, I got to the soap opera element. All those years reading Chris Claremont X-Men comics, I'm hooked on superhero soap opera shit, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. I like this line that she says. I made a wish and it came true and I couldn't take it back. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah, it really is. And it took me a while to realize that the actor playing Luther was in Game of Thrones. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's 
in hindsight, this scene's kind of funny. All right, we should get this started. What, <laughs> right, are, we, what are we getting okay, so, started? Oh, the right, accusations that I'm about to start throwing out. All right, so currently, all the siblings are back together, having a very awkward family meeting, trying to figure out what, what they're going to do. Klaus, meanwhile, is getting drunk. <laughs> Wearing his sister's skirt. Klaus, man. Is that my skirt? Yeah. It is pronounced Klaus, though. Klaus. Okay, sorry. It's all good. I know. I am very selective. I have the very selective Nazisms as far as stuff goes. Word Nazi. I'll just put that out there. May even just edit all that. I can't edit anything. We're watching the fucking show. Wow. They, you still I can. can. They yeah, can't hear the show. Say, I can always that. Well, no, but I can't because if I make any any edits at all in the audio, you can just mute yeah, yourself. I'll have to do that. I'll do no. that. No, you'll just add. Yeah, just spray out your. <laughs> so what's happening right here is. Luther is trying to figure out how their dad died. They think that he just dies an old man. Luther doesn't buy it. And Luther is trying to get Klaus to use his power to talk to the dead, which I thought was an intriguing power. <laughs> you talk to the dead. <laughs> At least they would try to go to the most logical solution right from the beginning. Yep. I but, also thought that was a funny line that Klaus says where he says... Do you think dad's going to take a phone call and interrupt his tennis with Hitler? I felt like that really just showed how he felt about his father and where he oh, and, ended and, up. And now everyone's mad at Luther because Diego just called him out by saying he thinks somebody in that room killed their father. And not everyone's walking away because they, they're they so broken right now, guys. This is a, a broken family. You know, I just kind of noticed Allison's the only one that's not wearing basically all black. She has a yeah. blue shirt, and everyone else either has gray okay. oh. or black on. This flashback. is so cool. We're now in a flashback, and we're, we're about to see them in action when they were young at the Umbrella Academy. And like all true comics, some people are trying to rob a bank, and they took hostages. <laughs> Superhero time. He was in Game of Thrones. Here we see his what their powers are thanks to this flashback. He's also in Black Sails. That's where I remember him from. Allison is called Rumor, and she can make people do anything if she starts off with "I heard a rumor." And now here's Luther. And he has super strength. He's kicking ass. <laughs> That's Diego showing us that he can bend physics when he throws something. Yeah. Anything he, anything he throws, he can control with his mind. So that's why he always has knives. And, there's and here they finally five. introduce, yeah, my favorite character, number five. Who, can teleport who's just a badass power yeah it's not just basic teleportation <coughs> which we'll learn later this i felt is actually probably really important 
but I haven't actually gotten all the way through the series yet, so I don't know. Okay, say it's it's important foreshadowing and everything. But exactly. So be it. Obviously, he can turn into some type of tentacle horror. (laughs) Boy's got boy's got Cthulhu inside of him. And that can't be a fun experience to unleash. And then when I saw this, I went, "Oh yeah." He's covered in blood. Like, now. Okay, god damn it. Can we go home now? <laughs> yes, I killed everybody like you wanted. And now they have to stand in front of their so, press and he's just dripping we... with fucking viscera and shit. <laughs> they actually. No, you're right. <laughs> I they yeah. He's just standing there taking pictures all fucking dripping with yeah. blood and shit. Oh, this is important. So here's, here's where we learned that number seven, Vanya, has no powers. So she can only watch her siblings do stuff, but she isn't special at all, says her father. Yeah, that's an interesting twist as well. Oh, so this is their introduction to the world. Yep. Yes, I'm going to say they cleaned him up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Which I feel is a a director and editing. Actually, it's a director and cameraman fault uh, for not having the continuity. Those little things like that I notice. But, yeah. But um, were y'all surprised that he's trained these children how to murder people with their powers that caught me off guard because they weren't trying to take prisoners they threw people out second story windows and used knives and had a tentacle horror show up out of being like massacre these bank robbers well if you as you learn more about hargrave you find out that he's actually pretty damn heartless no i wasn't surprised but, yeah, it seemed like somebody who would not even look up to look at their children to say goodnight is obviously somebody who considers them tools and machines and probably doesn't have a high humanity rating. Uh, at this point, we see Klaus <laughs> trying to contact his father in the room of the dead, but he fails because he's still high, and now he just knocked over his father's ashes. Jesus. How there are so many clues with just the visuals. Like we see here, number one, Luther walking down the hallway, and you saw a little kid gouging and stuff like that, showing them how, yeah, showing them how to fight. Yeah, at this point, um, they're all going through the old rooms. This is the first time a lot of them have been home in years. We're coming we up to that one of my favorite scenes apparently. in the whole the whole show. Ouch. Actually, I find that, that whenever they repeat this style that they're about to do with this little thing, it really brings the whole show to like a new level, and like I really like it. So the first one that they're about to do in a minute. I, I think it's yeah. the same one that you like, March. Is definitely yeah, my favorite one. And then there's one, two, and three and more later as the show keeps going. 
But actually, this scene coming up is what made me realize I was in this show to the end because I just thought it was so well done. And to show all of their personalities. Yeah. To yeah, a yeah, yeah. It just so happened yeah. that this uh, record that he plays was my first celebrity crush. I was so invested in Tiffany. You just have no idea. Oh, Tiffany that's was my right. You were very first concert. You told me about even. that before. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, mine was MC Hammer. Well, I want to make fun of you, but the opening band for Tiffany was New Kids on the Block, so I got to. God, that was awful. Uh, and this scene right now is the song Tiffany. I think we're alone now. So if you want to turn on that music and play alone, you can. Luther has put on this album, which is actually on vinyl, which is another callback because in this time, people just use their iPhone or their iPods. Nobody has a record player. But... And this scene actually does really good from cinematography point of yeah. view because it breaks up the tension because everything yep. up until here has been really just getting dark and deep and heavy and now we see a very silly is, yeah. scene because they all do a good job of acting like they are alone yep Cause but at the same time you can tell that there is love here they actually do love each other they're just really yeah. really fucked up <laughs> yeah. yeah and poor Vanya who just always just wants to belong And so this is like Diego. Where'd that come from? Yeah, yeah, he's really getting <laughs> he's down. A little funky. That's man. why he had to shut the door, man. He didn't want nobody to see that shit. <laughs> he's got a mystique to to keep up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and then I'm like Luther, you've got no rhythm, man. <laughs> but it doesn't think... matter. It's just about enjoying the moment. And I think the scene. I think Klaus actually did love his father. Klaus is a very with... deep individual that you realize is more than just a junkie. And this is a great scene where you pull back, you see them all at the same time dancing in their own rooms. Right. And Plus, you see a rat in gives, the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cool effect all in all, and it kind of almost portrays them as dolls. And right when they're starting star to relax... <laughs> Something's happening. I'm I'm liking these subtitles. Win, yeah. Don't get too close. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm just gonna jump in there. Let's just do that. It's a miniature black hole. But uh, but I like how they're so calm because they're they're used to being superheroes by now. And even and even if they're retired, you know, this is still in the wheelhouse. <laughs> Who the fuck is that old man? I never noticed that they're holding hands so tightly. Yeah. Nobody Luther else. Is. Oh, this is so important. You actually see him yeah, as an old man. Oh wow. Yes. And instead of trying to drag out the mystery 
of what happens to him. They reintroduce him in the first episode. That Number is five. so cool, in my opinion. Shit. Number five is back. And his name Dick. is Number Five. <laughs> He's the only one that doesn't have a name, which means right. that they didn't receive I think they their, chose name their own until names. after he was gone. They did. No, actually, mother. mother gave it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mother. Yeah, because th- their dad only named them numbers. <laughs> That's so cold. So, Marshall, how are you feeling? Because you hate time travel stories, but this entire yeah, show is a, is a time travel story. Well, at this time, this is the first time we're even introduced to it. Oh, it gets deep. There's other stuff in here, though, that takes away from the time travel just a little bit, even though that's the underlining issue through the whole freaking thing. It gets worse as the issues go on, issues, the episodes go on, but there's other stuff to get immersed in. Number five is so sassy, man. Well, he's not a kid. He's fucking 58 years old or something like that. He does. He plays it it so well. In a kid's body. He's he's an adult in this entire role. I don't know how well he was able to capture somebody with, you know, 10, 20 years or more, you know, mental confidence. But he definitely comes off exactly as somebody much older. (laughs) <laughs> Even like the way his facial expressions were just so yeah, he just jaded. Kind of sh- sh- shrugged it off. Eh, okay. You knew about his death? Or what part of funeral? <clears throat> what part of funeral do you not know what I'm saying? No, what part of the future? <clears throat> future, do you not right. Get? <laughs> so, oh, gosh, shit. think about again. their lives. They just saw their missing brother, who's been missing for <clears throat> almost 16, 17 years, come back in a temporal anomaly. Anomaly, and they're so used to weird shit happening. It's just like another day for them. Oh well, well, he's back. <laughs> cool. I feel like this line is very important, but I, like I said, I haven't gotten far enough into the series to understand exactly how much. But that was a very pungent statement. What? About finding the book in the library, whatever was left of it? No, the fact that there are worse things than having your family hate you. Like, oh, what happened well, to yeah. Ben? The being, yeah. And we still, to this, oh, we all get, get that that far, but yeah. Yeah, you'll see how Klaus is absolutely um, inspiring the character for the M&M game that we play. I noticed there's a lot of similarities. And here we find out there's something wrong with Mother. Yeah. And then they're like, it's okay, she's alright, she just needs to recharge. Now they're trying to have. Uh, <laughs> this is really funny. <laughs> That's to come up. 
Oh, no wind. Okay. <laughs> right. Just they dump do. them right there on the ground, right there on the dirty ground. There'll be a pile of ashes that will haunt your father. Even so, even Klaus kind of <laughs> kind of cringes and is like, uh, okay. I love how nobody really notices that there's a significant number of ashes missing. I do think it's funny that Klaus hates that hates what happened so much that he doesn't even hold the umbrella because they're named the Umbrella Academy, but he's the only one not holding an umbrella currently in the rain. Klaus, Klaus? or Diego? Sorry, I bet Diego. Yeah. I have an aversion to umbrellas. I will never hold one again in my life. <laughs> well, I guess Luther isn't either. Yeah. I... But for different yeah. reasons, probably. Yeah, he had to dump all the ashes in the pile on the ground. <laughs> and here's here's Diego, like he's a bad here's a bad person and a worse father. The world's better off without him. He had mom do it, yeah. Okay. I'm warning you. Yeah, this will this will go over well. Everybody in the background's looking at each other like, "Oh boy, here we go again." They're like, oh, they just Fight take, time. take a step back. Oh god, okay, here we go. I like that scene where Klaus tries to shield number five and number, number five, five right? Yeah, like what? Don't don't be blocking me. Small things. Him yeah. learned that Diego is faster, but Luther is stronger. But they're so used to it, they're just walking away. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, these guys fighting again. You big, slow, bulky bastard. Well, Do some yoga. Luther is punching him as hard as he is to knock down a bronze statue without an effort. He's hitting he's hitting Diego pretty damn hard and he's taking those punches. <laughs> and this is so that's a lot. Well, there goes Ben's statue, our dear brother, who we all love. And Diego just up to Andy by actually pulling a knife and discut this cut Luther. And that ends the fight because Luther doesn't want anybody to see under his coat and the fight's over in the rain they're all surprised they're like why did he run away that was a little cut <laughs> yeah Jack Cole you're not the only one in this family now go pick up that statue of your dead brother stop being an asshole well, pretty much yeah but they here we leave discover it, I guess. that Diego really cares about mom. Because there is something wrong with mother. <laughs> she was just standing in the rain, smiling. He's like, don't mind me. Ignore me. I'm just sitting in the rain. Nobody gives him a second glance. Poor Klaus. When and I first saw this... His, his father's wet ashes. 
I first saw this, I thought, I wonder if he's going to, and then he does, and it made yeah. me realize, okay, at least he's true to his character, because that's what I believed. That's what I believed he would do. One last drag off the cigarette and puts it out in his father's wet ashes. Best funeral ever. Flashback. Pay attention. That red book is in his hand. But here we discover that since number seven doesn't have any powers she helps her father train the rest of them and he's trying to teach them that they're stronger as a collective did as individuals but each time he does something like that they go through a period of torture where now he's making them get tattoos and it's apparently extremely painful because Allison and whoever, it might be Klaus in the background, are already crying from their tattoos. And they and, all look nervous. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're having to watch. <clears throat> that, would, but, that would be a terrifying thing for a kid. Yeah. And here we discover that number seven doesn't have a tattoo. So to feel like she's part of the family, she takes a black Sharpie and she draws on the umbrella academy logo on her wrist the same way they had one on their wrist which was pretty damn depressing when i first saw that <laughs> yeah man always a part never a part of the collective so does this mean that he's monitoring their dreams too yep the dreams their sleeping habits everything because i thought maybe this was a scene where it was going to be a bit more like slightly touching where he saw a soft side, but nope he was just in there to attach a sensor to their heads to monitor them at all times I felt like and, there was something relevant to that moment cause... yep here we discovered that number seven was also being watched but why she doesn't have any powers and now we're back to the present day she's has um, a pill in her fingers and she took one. Oh, that's me. I'm out of here. Peace out. I'll write another book about y'all in a couple years. In his own way. That's really just him saying no, not really. <laughs> Which I guess is true when you find out more about her backstory. But you see, it's it's always amazed me how much they care about Hogo and Mom. Like this, actually, love that between a robot and a chimpanzee. Now, at this moment, I thought this was—I knew it was supposed to be a foreshadow the look on Pogo's face but I thought that it meant that um, the father had put his brain into Pogo's body <laughs> oh um, wow yeah that had been never thought part for the course I was going to say that, that was, are y'all there 
I can hear you. Oh, shit. Hold on. Okay. My alarm went off, and then it switched over to a speakerphone for some reason. Shit. Okay. I can't pause it. How much more time do we have in the the episode? Uh, about... Um... Twenty-five minutes, nah, fifteen, maybe two, uh, maybe fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, and here we discover that they're saying their goodbyes, and they still don't like each other. But Klaus, Klaus, invites himself alone to go with Diego with, as he's about to start his nightly vigilante run. Kind of seems like something that ha- has happened all through their lives. Klaus tags along with Diego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you kind of get the feeling that they have a kind of a friendship that the others don't have. And we see that there's something horribly wrong with Luther's arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very hairy, very big. Doesn't even look like, I mean, it. Almost reminds me of the fucking, those liquors in fucking uh, Resident Evil. The way the skin tone and everything looks. Ah, yeah. Initially, was... sorry. I thought, sorry, I, was... it, I thought initially when I saw that scene that there was something where if he got cut, his uh, body would react by just growing hair abnormally long. And so I wasn't quite sure what we were seeing there. You know, actually me either. I just knew that there was something off. And now we here we see Mother looking at a wall full of paintings and finding comfort in them. Yeah, this is sad too. Somebody it said is. something later on. They're like, for fuck's sake, all these years, he didn't even give you your own room. <laughs> <laughs> And here we see that there is um, an attachment that comes up out of the seat that she's in and goes through her ear and she starts to recharge and you discover once and for all she is a robot. Yeah, mother is very reminiscent of the Stepford wife. Mm. Cuckoos, yeah. Not cuckoos, sorry. Stepford wife, you're right, right, sorry. And here we have the donut shop that will come to be very important <laughs> as the series goes on, amazingly enough. <laughs> And I like how if you watch this in hindsight, you see how the timing is just right so that the two arrive. Right, right, yeah. So, sorry guys. So here we see number five going to an all-night donut shop. And right after he walks in, an old man walks in. Well, a middle-aged man. And then you see one of the most colorful characters you've seen in this whole series. This waitress with bubblegum pink... um, you know, donut uniform or, you know, donut hostess uniform. <laughs> and here we see her assuming that number five is this old guy's you kid. Coffee or, I mean, do you want milk or no coffee black? She looks at them both and he just smiles. I used to come here as a kid. I used to sneak out with my brothers and sisters to eat donuts till we puked. This guy's like, when you were kids. How old are you? 
simpler times, huh? <laughs> Number five. And then because he does this right here, the guy confirms the waitress's assumption. Yep, he said, I got his. Right. This poor bastard. Well, I'm Man, the wrong guy. I hate it. Then there's somebody outside with some kind of Ghostbusters technology tracking somebody. Tracking. Something, somebody. He doesn't even get to have a sip of his Damn. coffee. Nope, he doesn't. No. Hmm, that was fast. So I'll be professional about this. <clears throat> they want to talk. It doesn't have to go this way. Think I want to shoot a kid? I wouldn't worry about that. You won't be going home. I love their selection of music. Their soundtrack for this whole series is just... It's unexpected, but perfect. And now... We see number five kill this entire professional hiss squad with a butter knife <laughs> and his powers. But and a tie. That's true. He does use his tie for one. Istanbul, Constantinople, now Istanbul. Yeah, I've never actually read the words to this song before. Yeah, they might be giants. It's a fun band. Was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed that? Can I say people disliked it better that way? Okay. Remember, Pesh oh God, us, yeah. that's right. I forgot that scene. <clears throat> Give me my tie back, fucker. <laughs> and then he takes the tie off that he broke the guy's neck with and puts it back on his body. <laughs> Man 3 gasping. He's like, they're tracking me. How are they tracking me? Oh, yeah, that's right. Wow. I had not noticed ah. how awful, awful of a CG effect that was until just now. I say that that's not even the worst part as far as special effects go. <clears throat> Luther's suit really aggravated me <laughs> later on in the series. Really? I, mean, I, I loved like, it. I, it just looked like a big rubber suit to me. Which, of course, it was, but, you know. I didn't want to spoil that for you. Here we have, after that pretty cool fight scene, we discover that Diego has Monocle. his father's... Which is Monocle. the whole reason why Luther believes that it's like a murder or something, is because he's like, have you ever seen Dad without his monocle? Where is it? So the fact that Diego has it leads you to believe that maybe he is the one who's killed Dad. Right, right. He obviously has no problem taking human life. None of them do. And this is and the first time you the other twist. see something, yeah. 
a hooded character in the back that can't be seen by anybody except Klaus. Do they say in this episode who it is? Yep. Okay. You like waffles, right? Head nod. And then he drops the monocle in the river. I guess they're in New York. What makes you say that? Aren't all great superhero stories in New York? Actually, later on, that's a point that I wanted to bring up in series late uh, in some episodes later. They haven't mentioned the whole the name of the city at all. You can nope, imply, but the paper that number five ends up finding specifically says the city newspaper. Number so, six being deceased. And then we specifically see that there's nobody back there. Yep. It's from Diego's point of view. But we do specifically see that Klaus is still talking to his deceased brother in the back seat. So. And Diego doesn't even bring it up. He's like, huh? Yeah, <laughs> okay. Here we go. He's just high again. <laughs> Klaus again, yeah. <sighs> hey, if. if you have to go, Marsh. Me and Ryan can wrap it up. No, I can finish the episode. I'll take a shower and I'll eat a sandwich and then I'll come back and if there's time, I'll do the video with y'all. Oh, I forget this scene. <laughs> it, it made me jump too. So here we go. And we, dis <laughs> we discovered that <laughs> number seven is living in a shithole, honestly. <laughs> but it's hers. It's all hers. And number five, is in her apartment trying to wait for her. It's not that much of a shithole. You know how expensive real violins are? Yes. <laughs> she spent she spent all of her... It's like in the ghetto when you see people living in a shack but they have a fucking pimped out Cadillac. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I guess it's the same thing. She spent all her money on a violin or a Stradivarius or whatever the hell that is. I can't... I don't know the difference. Actually, it's quite impressive you know that much about it, Mars. I only know that much because my girlfriend is... Uh, violin player otherwise your knowledge is equal or surpassed to mine gotta love Darby O'Gill and the little people <laughs> <laughs> and here we see that number five and number seven actually are close with each other well he also doesn't have the 17 years of like trauma that staying in that house <laughs> developed between them yeah no, he's got his own he has, trauma yeah, he has a different kind of trauma so now we see that he jumped forward into the future and it's the, the apocalypse the city paper sold here so he knows the day that the world it, ends Actually, seeing what happened to the world, I think this actually looks pretty good. <laughs> well, Ryan hasn't seen it yet, so... I know, that's why I didn't say anything, but yeah. as far as what happened, there's still structures standing and stuff. I think that's pretty impressive. <laughs> and now we learned that the world will end in eight days. That's the timetable these characters have to figure out everything. Rock, eight violin, days. music, play. And that's it. And guys, that was episode one of the Umbrella Academy. Yes. So, if that didn't hook y'all, you're dead inside. Fuck you all. <laughs> Jeez, Mars. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. 
if that didn't catch you the episode maybe us bullshitting over the episode will get you either way to our faithful gentle awesome wonderful listeners thank you for sitting through that and if you didn't hit us up and let us know what we're doing wrong what we can do better this is our first attempt at commentary the next step after umbrella academy or maybe we'll jump back and forth or something um the several people i mentioned to really like the idea of us doing commentary over the the marvel mcu movies in order starting with what iron man i missed the first one unless y'all want to go back and start with like the original x-men do the spider-man movies and stuff like that nope no no that's let's leave the past the past and let's start with the dominant juggernaut which is the mcu juggernaut and iron man did you just call me blob and that's part of the reason i love that movie in the past (laughs) i love it so much i don't know why oh man that movie was so god awful i love it so much so um season one episode one of the of the umbrella academy was entitled we only see each other at weddings and funerals awesome yeah that was me completely trying to get off of the x-men movies <laughs> no i got it that was a wolverine movie but i got it either way same difference so what y'all think about it um i i'm surprised by how much foreshadowing they laid out in that first episode that you just don't see until you can see the series as a whole right well since i haven't seen the series as a whole yet um i don't know what all those foreshadowings are but i have seen enough that i know that because of the way they tell the story later and some of the things they pointed out that there are a lot of subtle clues here and there that are integral to developing a very realistic story as it goes on further um i actually wasn't in love with this episode when i first saw it the i think we're alone now with tiffany's was definitely my favorite part and then everything else just kind of like left me wanting more and i think it was just because uh i had nothing better to watch at the time that i started watching the follow-up episodes and ended up getting hooked later on deeper but with that said now that i have a greater appreciation for it they did do a good job of putting a lot of the foundation story into this episode because it ramps up pretty quick yeah because what hooked me was Typically, you would suspect, okay, the mystery of number five will last throughout the entire season. What happened to him? Where did he disappear to? Nope. We saw that first episode, but that leads to the, but that leads to the actual overarching plot of the first season. The world is going to end in eight days. Number five went to the future. He saw it. He's back. We have eight days, and now we just. And now we discover what they do with those eight days. Yeah, they, they do <laughs> Which, throw a lot of storylines at you. Number one, dad's dead. Let's go back, figure out what happened. Okay. Number five, Ben. Oh, the world's going to end. Okay. Mother, <laughs> Pogo, all this stuff. It was like 15 storylines thrown at you in the first, you know, 45 minutes, whatever the episode. It's a, 
I can't wait to get into the rest of them. Yeah, me too. Um, Brian, what episode are you on right now? I'm currently on episode seven. I just wrapped that up, okay. so uh, I'll be going ahead. I will be going and watching episodes eight, nine, and ten. Uh, very short. Order. You were talking about ramping up. These last couple episodes are really hardcore. Yeah, they really are. Well, so far I've seen my favorite dance slash music scene uh, in episode six, towards the end of it. Uh, oh, but I don't want to with... spill anything. But oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, before we started to get into it and started to let let off some spoilers by accident, um, unless we have anything else to add, I was going to go ahead and start to take us out. Take us out <clears throat> first before you do. Well, uh, sorry. Okay. I was, I don't want to say fussed at, but it was mentioned to me that uh, Groupie is not our only listener. Andreas, Andreas still can't... listens, so I apologize to that. And, and you, you know what? To give her credit, every time he said that, I gave him shit about it too. Because, well, you know, I in 2018, had I didn't hardly put out much episodes, even though we recorded. So I, in my head, I just kind of assumed that we were starting over from scratch, which is stupid. You shouldn't assume. Anyway, I apologize, Andrea, and everybody else who actually listens. Your listenership is valued and and appreciated. So I think what Marsh is saying is the moral of the story is Pat is always no, right. That's not the moral of the Good story. Good talk. Good all. talk. Not, yeah, not even, that, not even I, a little that, bit. That, that was the. That that was completely it. All right, guys. Um, this has been yet another episode of Always Bet on Geek, where we started the Umbrella Academy commentary series. It was season one, episode one. We only see each other at weddings and funerals. This is your friendly neighborhood co-host Pat down here in the capital city of the Magnolia State. Um, as always, you can find us at alwaysbetongeek at gmail Always be- Gmail at always bet on geek on Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook.com slash always bet on geek. And we have a YouTube channel. Um, come find us, put in the search bar, always bet on geek, and we will pop up. YouTube, <laughs> all right. Um, over you're forgetting Instagram too. I've actually been checking that. Um, over there across the Mississippi River, we have. The white boy known by two names, but I will let him say goodbye himself, right? Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks so much for joining us. I uh, hope you have been entertained. And we look forward to hearing from y'all. Please comment, reach out to us. Tell us how Marshall, we have probably offended you. I wasn't going to laugh, but Marshall kept laughing in the background when you, you kind of hit the wall where you weren't sure if you were going to keep talking. Well, or... well he, he he paused. So I was thinking that he was he was waiting for me to chime in, but I was trying to do good. But then I kind of realized that he was waiting for me, so I started chuckling. I apologize. Uh Power through it, man. I can erase that stuff on the audio, on the edit. Hey, man. It doesn't pick up on his. We're going to power through this. Move on. But yeah, anyway, thanks for another listen to our asinine ramblings. If it wasn't for for y'all, we'd still be doing this. But thanks for joining us. Just not on record, yeah. We love having you guys as part of our 
fun and witty banter. Join in, comment, find one of those mini multitude of social medias and tell us what you like, tell us what you hate, and we'll be sure to ignore all of it. No. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? We will take everything to heart, and then we will do what we want to do. <laughs> I don't know if somebody actually hit us up and suggested something. I'd think I'd be in shock. We don't hardly have much interaction online. <laughs> Holy shit! Somebody's saying something to us. Hey. It's like when you have a landline at your house and the phone rings and you're like, uh, "What the fuck do I do? Hey, <laughs> do let, I pick it up and answer it?" <laughs> let that be motivation to our listeners. Be the first to contact us. Be the only reply in our inbox. You'll get 100% of our attention. Wow, that's right. Because when we get big, we're going to ignore all you small folks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, Marsh, take us out, man. What the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> they know I love them. <clears throat> and I have been the guy who talks much shit. And it's worse when I'm sober. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm Marshall Squishy Now Sync on Twitter and all those places. They said YouTube, subscribe, leave comments, iTunes, Stitcher. The network. Hit us up. Give us good reviews. If Don't bother hitting us up if you're going to give us bad reviews because we're trying to make it up the, up the playlists on the iTunes and the Stitchers and the, however the fuck that shit works. I don't know. So, thanks for coming and spending time with us in the Hall of Geekdom. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. I'm not going to say anything else because it's all inappropriate. All right, well then, I guess on that note, as always, we out. Always bet on geek. So I think what Marsh is saying is the moral of the story is Pat is always right. Hashtag Graveyard Shade forever.